Hello and greetings, everyone. I'm Pastor Edwin Strickland, and I serve as the senior pastor of Fellowship of Champions Church International, a worldwide ministry helping people to learn to live out their God-given dreams by walking in love and living by faith. And I get to be your host and your guide for this exciting journey that we're about to take that we call Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. Hey, 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 good afternoon, good afternoon. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. I am your host, Pastor Strick, and I get to take you through this journey every Tuesday of learning new principles to help improve our lives. I am your host. Again, I'm Pastor Strick, and I am here on Ed Talk. And you know, every Tuesday we come together to blend the realms of knowledge, instruction, and faith with real-world solutions. Listen, whether you are on a quest, seeking to expand your knowledge base, whether you want to uplift your spirit or just find some common ground between the practical and the spiritual, I want you to know you have come to the right place. Because every week here at Ed Talk, we come together so that we can forge new connections our goal is to bridge gaps and to spark thought. We want to ignite curiosity. And most of all, we want to nurture our souls so that we can be the absolute best version of ourselves that we can be. And so without further ado, I'm so excited to get to dive into today's teaching. But before we do that, you know, every week I ask you to do a couple of things. Number one, I want you to please, 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 please help us with a little social media outreach. How can you do that? By simply liking this broadcast, okay? Just hit that heart button, hit that blue thumbs up button, or even the little uh, yellow button with the heart, the little care button, okay? If you hit one of those three, uh, that will help Facebook push these analytics to other people, all right? Make sure you like or love the broadcast, and then tag your friends, tag your family members, share it to your page, share it to your story. Also, let me know where you are watching from. I know I saw several people come in already. I saw Santresa. I saw Miss Brenda out in Vegas. I saw Pastor Ralph in Central Arkansas. I saw Miss Stanford down in Little Rock. Listen, I saw Sheila up in Northwest Arkansas. So if you are here, go ahead and hashtag your city and or state. Let me know where you are watching from on today. I love knowing where all the listeners are watching from. Also, if you happen to be watching on Facebook, go ahead and just, you know, type in the comment section uh, FB or Facebook and let me know that. And if you're watching on YouTube, do the same thing. Just go ahead and type the word YT or YouTube. I love to know where people are watching from. We got Detroit in the house. Uh, we've got people from Florida. We got people from Philadelphia in the house. Uh, I saw someone from Dallas, Texas pop in. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming every week. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about something that I think is absolutely important, but especially around uh, these holidays, right? So let me make a couple of announcements before we jump all the way into that. The other thing I would like to do is to invite you tonight to join me and my wife, Pastor Sean. It is going to be the last installment of Relationships 101 
for the 2023 year. Okay, we've been doing these every month since January. And listen, if you are out there and you've been a part of Relationships 101, uh, would you just put a one in the comment if, if you've enjoyed it? If you've enjoyed Relationships 101 at all this year, any of the episodes from January to November, uh, go ahead and put a one in the comment section for me. I see I got my frat in here all the way from California. Josh, good to see you, brother. Hope you are doing well out there. Listen, put a one in that comment section because we are going to be back tonight and we are going to be discussing the 10 ways to de-stress your holidays. Holidays are supposed to be happy times. It's supposed to be joyous times. It's supposed to be times where we get together with family and we don't uh, regret going around them, right? And so we're going to talk about uh, some proven ways, and Pastor and I have learned over the last 29 years uh, how to do this, and we're going to share with you 10 ways. What's up, Nate? Good to see you, brother. Uh, we're going to share these 10 ways to de-stress your holidays, all right? Ten. So join us tonight uh, at 7 p.m. However you are watching me right now, you'll be able to watch Relationships 101. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys to make sure you do that. Speaking of ways to connect, uh, I want to just remind you once again that uh, Ed Talk is officially uh, on all the podcast platforms. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, and Amazon. So wherever you uh, enjoy listening to your podcast, we are there. There are several ways in which you can connect. We have three of them. I want to share them with you. Number one, you can simply go to www.pastorstrict.com. Now, if you go there, what that's going to do is take you directly to my YouTube channel. If you haven't had a chance, if you haven't had a chance, I'm asking you, go to that YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Even if you prefer to listen some, on some other platform, that's not a problem. Help me get these numbers up. Just go and just go to www.pastorstrict.com. As soon as it pulls up, there's a little button that just says subscribe. Go ahead and click that subscribe button and you'll be one of my YouTube subscribers. And I will be so appreciative of that. All right. But now, if you enjoy your, your podcast on the go, like I do, I walk and I've been walking a lot since the month of October. And I've been listening to lots of different podcasts. Uh, we made it easy for you. Uh, whether you want to listen to it on Google, Amazon, iHeart, Apple, Spotify, iHeart Radio, whatever your whatever your choice is, you can go to www.pastorstrictpodcast one word dot com. And what's that what's that going to do? It's going to take you to a landing page, and on that landing page, it's going to have all the platforms. All you got to do is click the one you want to listen to. That way you don't have to try to go to Apple and try to find me. You don't have to try to go to iHeartRadio and try to find me. You don't have to go to Google or Amazon or Apple and try to find me. You can just go to PastorStrictPodcast.com. It's going to pull up a landing page. And on that landing page, you're going to click the one that you want. Now, I'm happy to announce this third option because this third option really works well for me because I am much more involved. And I spend much more of my social media time on Facebook than I probably do anywhere else. More than TikTok, more than YouTube, um, more than Instagram. I'm on Facebook a lot. And so I want you to know 
that Ed Talk with Pastor Strick now has its own dedicated spot on Facebook. It launched last Monday. And since last Monday, over 500 people have followed the page. So if you haven't, I'm going to ask you to do that. Even if you need to just grab your phone real quick, uh, or if you're watching on your phone, take a screenshot of this. But when we finish today, sometime before you lay your head down, I'm asking you to go to facebook.com slash Ed Talk with Pastor Strick. What's, what that's going to do is going to pull up my Facebook page and all you got to do is hit that follow. And I would love for you to click the like button as well, but click that, that follow button for sure. And then click that like button. And then that is where I'm going. That's probably where I'm most interactive. That's where I'm talking to most of the time uh, in between Tuesdays. It's where I'm sharing different things. Uh, and I appreciate the community who have come out and said, hey, I, I follow this page. And I think we're up to about 510 people maybe as of today, a little over a week. And I think we can double that. I think we can double it. So those are the ways in which you can connect with me. Don't forget about Relationships 101 tonight. Help me by sharing this broadcast. There's about 35 of you on here right now that are watching live. Uh, I appreciate it. I went back and looked at my analytics. Uh, I am still, 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 still about 60% of my podcast viewers, the people who listen to it after the live, are men. And so, men, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you for finding what I say valuable. Uh, ladies, I appreciate you too, but ladies always seem to show up. Uh, it's exciting when men are doing it. At least it is for me. So I appreciate men uh, showing up. Men, keep sharing with other men. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about setting healthy boundaries. And man, I'm telling you, I've been excited uh, all week to get to talk about this. Now, we'll be back next week on the 19th and the Tuesday after that, the 26th. We're going to pick back up with our Blueprint series again. I've got two more leaders uh, who are going to come and share with us. Had someone for today, but we couldn't work the timing of it out. So uh, I just decided to go ahead and, 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 and teach this because I've been wanting to talk about it. And it's going to go really good. What Pastor Sean and I are going to talk about tonight when we talk about de-stressing the holidays. So let's get ready and let's talk about setting some healthy boundaries. OK, let's talk about setting healthy boundaries. Go ahead. If you're listening, type this in the comment section. If you're live today, go ahead and type this in the comment section. Say it's OK for me to have boundaries. It is okay for me to have boundaries. A lot of times I think people think about boundaries and they think I think they think of it as keeping people out or they think about it as, as isolation or they think about it in terms of not allowing other people to be around them. But that's actually not the case. When we understand boundaries, when we understand what they are, when we begin to understand the different types of boundaries that exist, when we begin to understand the importance of having boundaries, when we understand the challenges that may face when we start to set boundaries, and then when we understand how to actually set them and be consistent in them, we not only improve our own lives, we actually improve the lives of those who interact with us. And so I'm excited today. Let's get into talking about setting healthy boundaries. I appreciate everybody who's saying that it is okay for me to have boundaries. And I wanted to, to really emphasize this idea of setting healthy boundaries, right? We want to make sure we are setting healthy boundaries. So let's begin 
by talking about what exactly are boundaries, okay? Understanding what boundaries are. First of all, boundaries are simply guidelines. They're the rules or the limits that a person, me or you, creates in order to identify for ourselves what are the reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave around us and how they will, how we will respond when someone steps outside of those limits, okay? I'm gonna say that again. Here's what boundaries are. They're simply guidelines, that's all they are. Boundaries are guidelines, it's like a fence rail, right? We put a fence around our property so that people know what belongs to us. So, guide, so boundaries are guidelines or they're rules or they're the limits that we create, we create them, right? And if we don't create them, then others will create them for us. So it's important to understand that boundaries are those things that we create because they help us to identify, us as individuals, we create them, they help us to identify what's reasonable, what is safe, and what is permissible for other people to do around us or to us and then those boundaries also say, this is how we're going to respond when someone steps outside of those limits, right? You've probably seen, if you grew up in the country, kind of like I did, you've probably seen those signs that say no trespassing. It's typically on somebody's land and they got a long driveway and they got several acres in different places. It says no trespassing. Why do they say no trespassing? Because they want you to know that this is where my land begins and these are my boundaries. Uh, and if you cross that boundary, there are consequences for doing so. And so it is to keep the owner of the property safe, but it is also to keep the visitor to that property safe. And that's what boundaries do. Boundaries keep us safe and they keep other people safe. Essentially, boundaries are the lines that we draw that mark the limits of our comfort zone. Boundaries help determine what our comfort zones are. Boundaries also help to draw or mark the limits about what we consider to be safe. Those limits, they can be physical, they can be emotional, they can be intellectual, or they can be related to our time and energy. But all of us, all of us, have boundaries. And if we have not created those boundaries, then someone else is constantly creating or recreating them for us. So we got to understand why this is important. Boundaries is all about knowing and understanding your limits and effectively communicating them to other people. It's about knowing and understanding your limits. My limit to something may be different than yours. And that is the reason why we have to understand our own limits and then understand that just because we have a particular limit doesn't mean somebody else's limit is the same. For instance, one of the things that, that that's a limit for me, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't allow people to stay in my presence um, who are constantly talking negative about other people, okay? That's just one of my boundaries I have because I believe that if you constantly allow people in your space who talk negative about other people, even if they're not talking negative about you, but for long, you will become a person who's constantly speaking negative. The Bible uses a scripture that says a little leaven or a little yeast will make the whole cake rise. We say it like this at our church, your environment is always working on you. 
So if I allow people to come into my space who are constantly being negative, before I know it, I'll become negative. So one of my boundaries is I don't allow people to be in my space who are consistent and consecutively negative about everything. Okay. And then because I have boundaries, I've communicated those boundaries to people who've been in my space to do that. I don't automatically just kick them out. I say, hey, this is a boundary for me. And one of the things that you've just done is cross the boundary that I hold dear. And so if you want to be in my space, here's what you're going to have to do. Now, you're free not to do that. And if you are free, you are, you are free not to not be negative, right? If you want to stay negative, you can. But in doing so, you won't be able to be in my space. That's the consequence for crossing that boundary. Here's why it's important to understand boundaries. Boundaries are not just important for maintaining your personal well-being. While it is, it's not just important for that. Boundaries also play a key role in fostering healthy relationships. That is the reason I wanted to teach about this today, because as we go into Relationships 101 tonight, it is important for you to understand that understanding boundaries and setting up healthy boundaries is one of the ways you can de-stress your holidays. Okay, It's one of the ways you can de-stress your week, your month, your quarter, your year. But we're going to talk about 10 ways to do that. But I'm telling you, one of the major ways to de-stress your whole life, not just the holidays, is by learning to set healthy boundaries. Now, hear this. Relationships without proper boundaries are like gardens without fences. They inevitably become overgrown. They become chaotic and they like clear direction. This is, this is the reason so many people cycle through friendships so often. You know, I look at people all the time and I say, show me a childhood friend. If you don't have a childhood friend, if you don't have someone that you've been friends with for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, if all of your friendships are under 5 and 10 years, it's telling me something about you as a person. And I know we want to always blame the other people, but nothing is always somebody else's fault. Most people fall out of relationship because they don't learn how to establish clear and appropriate boundaries with their friends. And anytime you have a relationship that comes without proper boundaries, it is literally like having a beautiful garden with no fence. Eventually, they're going to get weeds into that garden. There's going to be things that come into that garden that a fence would have kept out, that boundaries would have kept out. And initially, that garden is going to become overgrown. It's going to become chaotic, which is why a lot of friendships end up breaking up. I know I'm talking right. It's why a lot of friendships end up breaking up because they're chaotic. Uh, because you don't set the boundary. You're, you're trying to play nice and you're trying to keep the friendship. But in trying to keep the friendship and play nice, somebody's boundaries are being crossed on a daily basis. And so the relationship ends up lacking any clear direction and eventually falls apart. It eventually falls apart. Boundaries help to create mutual respect and understanding between people. As each person knows what to expect and how to behave. I have a group of people, uh, about five or six couples, who I have the wonderful fortune 
to do life with. Meaning I get to, we get to vacation together. We spend holidays together. We spend birthdays together. And, and, and we have what we would call group norms or we have boundaries in that relationship. And because I understand what those boundaries are and because they understand what those boundaries are, we have been able to go on vacation and literally stay in the same house uh, with about 20 of us or more and have never once, hear me when I say this, never once had an argument, had a disagreement, had somebody fall out, had somebody get upset. Why? Because we function within those established boundaries, because those boundaries are for each person. And many of you, if you learn how to set healthy boundaries at work, at home, with your kids, with your spouse, with your in-laws, with your family members, with your church members, with people in the community, if you would learn to set healthy boundaries, you would find yourself being in less and less conflict. It wouldn't, your life wouldn't be so chaotic and it wouldn't be so toxic. People deem things to be chaotic and toxic because people don't understand other people's boundaries. And, and, and sometimes people don't understand other people's boundaries. And we'll talk about this later is because you tell someone what your boundary is. And then when they cross it, you don't do anything about it. You just allow them to keep reshaping the boundary. And, and, and people are a lot like kids. Right. How many anybody out there got kids? You know that your children are always going to push the limits. They are always going to test the boundaries. You as a kid yourself, you did the same thing. You always tested the limits. And what we find is that kids who test the limits and parents who keep readjusting the boundary, kids figure out pretty quick these boundaries don't matter. And what happens is you take that into your relationships, all of your relationships, whether they be romantic or platonic or, or, or collegial, you take that attitude into other relationships. So you either push other people's boundaries or you allow people to push yours because you don't think boundaries really matter. And we'll talk a little bit about how to stop that from happening in just a moment. Now, of course, boundaries, as I said earlier, they can vary significantly from person to person. And they can vary from relationship to relationship. And in fact, over time, boundaries can even change depending on the situation. My wife and I have been married for 29 years. We have boundaries in our relationships, right? But over the 29 years, there have been different things that have happened and changed in our life. And our boundaries about certain things have changed. That is the reason we have a yearly check-in. Literally, uh, right before our anniversary, we sit down and we have a big one. We don't wait to just that time, but our big check-in is right before our anniversary. Usually sometime that first or second week in August is our big check-in because our anniversary is on August 20th. And we've been married 29 years, and we've been checking in consistently for about 25 years. Uh, it took us a few years to figure out that's what we needed to do. We absolutely need to have some check-ins. But once we did, we learned how to stop crossing each other's boundaries. In our family, we established a boundary very, 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 very early on. That in our family, in Camp Strick at least, nobody gets to say, shut up. It doesn't matter how frustrated you are. It doesn't matter whether you're the parent. It doesn't matter whether you're the child. It doesn't matter whether you're the child talking to a child or whether you're the parent talking to a child. We don't say in Camp Strick, shut up. 
You can say to someone, I want you to stop talking to me right now. You can say, I don't want to hear that. You can say, I don't want to discuss it. But one of our boundaries is you don't tell another human being in Camp Strict to say, shut up. In fact, if you come to our house and you say, shut up, before we even realize it, me, my kids, all of us will say, hey, we don't say shut up over here. Which means that even if you say shut up at your house, when you come to Camp Strict's house, guess what? You don't say shut up. Because if you continue to say shut up, guess what? Then you can't be in Camp Strict's house. Why? Because that is a boundary that we have set up. And most people set up boundaries, but they have a hard time being consistent and sticking to them. Okay? So it is essential for you to make sure that you are regularly assessing and adjusting what your boundaries are as needed. Okay? Here, listen to this. Boundaries are not about controlling others. I want you to hear me loud and clear. In fact, if you're watching this right now, I need you to type just that part in the comment section. Say boundaries are not about controlling other people. Setting up boundaries is not about control. I don't want to control anyone, right? I, you say, well, you want to control me. You don't want me to say shut up. I don't want to control you. You are free to say shut up. But I also don't have to subjugate myself to hearing you use language that I don't want you to use. I also don't have to allow you to come into my house and say something that's not allowable in my house. Boundaries are not about controlling other people. But it is, it is, it is about managing yourself in a way that is respectful to both you and those around you. See, when we go on vacation, it's not that me and the guys couldn't be um, a, a, a little what, what someone may call borderline inappropriate uh, with each other. But if we are in the same space with our wives and our children, we understand what the boundaries are. So something I might would say to BJ or to Ralph or to Sid or to Miguel or to Kev or, or somebody else... I, I wouldn't say it probably if my wife or children was around, if they would consider it to be offensive, even if the rest of the guys wouldn't. Do you understand? And so you got to make sure that you understand your boundaries, but you need to also understand the boundaries of other people. Why? Because if you want someone to respect your boundaries, then you got to respect somebody else's. And when both parties begin to respect each other's boundaries, now you can have real relationship. Now you can de-stress the drama that most people see in those relationships. All right. So let's talk about the four types of boundaries. We're just going to talk about this real quick because I mentioned them. Let's talk about physical boundaries. OK, physical boundaries pertain to personal space. Uh, and, and to personal touch. It includes who can touch you, when they can touch you, what they can touch you, uh, and under what circumstances. One of the things that I tell parents all the time, and we have a, it, some of it may be cultural, uh, but culturally, uh, when we take our children around our families, uh, we'll say something like, uh, you know, give uncle a hug or give cousin a hug or give granny a hug or give grandpa a hug. And, and, and the little kid be like, I don't want a hug. You're like, oh, you better give grandpa a hug. We set a boundary early in our life that we wouldn't make our children hug people they didn't want to hug. If they didn't want to hug you, I'm sorry. That's that's their personal choice. They don't want they don't they that child doesn't feel comfortable 
for whatever reason. And at the same time, we, would, we wouldn't force ourselves to hug other people's children or other people's kids or different things like that. And so there have been times where literally uh, I've got kids who call me pawpaw. Sometimes they want to hug me. Sometimes they don't. I'm cool with that. I respect your boundary, even as a five-year-old, even as a six-year-old. Why? Because people have agency over their bodies. And I know that this culture that we be like, you better give grandpa a hug or you better give auntie a hug. But I'm telling you that it's important, even in young children, that you allow them to make some determination uh, about who touches them physically. OK, and so there are this thing called physical boundaries. And then we have what's known as emotional boundaries. What are emotional boundaries? Emotional boundaries mean keeping your feelings separate from someone else's. I used to have a problem with this, and, and, and my wife would tell you that she did too, but she's not here, so I won't speak for her. But I used to have a problem with this. What do I mean? I mean that if me and my wife were having what we call now a crucial conversation, right? Maybe we were having some disagreement or something, or maybe I came home and I got a feeling the energy was off and I sensed that she was mad about something. Didn't know if she was mad at me. Didn't know if I had done something. Didn't know if the kids had done something. Didn't know if something had happened at work, but I sensed the energy. And when I sensed the energy, my energy started to match hers. She was mad. And so now my energy started turning up to being mad, even though she hadn't communicated at all that she was mad at me. A lot of people don't understand emotional boundaries. Just because someone else feels a certain way, you don't have to become entangled. And I'm talking good to somebody out there. You don't have to become entangled into those same emotions. Emotional boundaries are about keeping your feelings separate from someone else's. This helps you to care for your own feelings without getting mixed up in what other people's feel. A lot of people allow other people's feelings to dictate how they feel because they don't have emotional boundaries. And then sometimes people celebrate that because here's the language they use. Well, Pastor Edwin, it's because I'm an empath. It's because I'm an empath. As an empath, I sense other people's feelings. I sense their energy. I sense their emotion. Here's what you need to understand. Number one, that's not even biblical. OK, so if you're a born again believer, you need to stop calling yourself an empath because you don't find that word in Scripture anywhere. The fact the Bible says we're supposed to take all of our cares and burden and cast them over to Jesus. So when you start to feel other people's energy, and you start to have your feelings change because you're around them and, and, and their energy is changed. You need to recognize that you are not upholding emotional boundaries. All right. And then let's talk about intellectual boundaries. What are intellectual boundaries? Intellectual boundaries are about thoughts and ideas. They mean, it means respecting other people's ideas and knowing what's okay to talk about and when. <laughs> it's about knowing what's okay to talk about and when. I have people who say to me all the time, they literally inbox me and they say, why do you still let so-and-so comment on your Facebook page? They say, why do you let so-and-so hang around? And y'all know a couple of people, you could probably name them in the comment section, that I let hang around. And I let them hang around because my rule is, as long as you are not disrespectful, right? As long as you don't name call on my page when we're discussing a topic, you are free to have a different point of view. It's about having one, not only intellectual intelligence, but emotional intelligence, 
but also understand emotional and intellectual boundaries. When I do my teaching on emotional intelligence, I talk about both of these because you need emotional boundaries and you need intellectual boundaries, right? For instance, if you're at a dinner party, right? And you're at a dinner party and you don't know all the people at the dinner party, you don't know all of their thoughts and ideas. You're there with people who, because it's Christmas time, so some of you are getting ready to go to Christmas parties, so let me help you. Uh, your boss is there. Your boss's boss is there. Maybe some of your team members are there. Maybe even some of your subordinates are there. And you guys are all mixing and mingling and all that. That is not the time for you to be espousing all of your political views. It's just not. It's just not. It's not the time for you to stand up, even if you absolutely detest the people who are running for president, for you to get up and start to have a diatribe about why you don't like that particular person. Intellectual boundaries say in this particular setting, it is probably not appropriate for me to begin to espouse this particular thing. Now, if I'm engaged over in a corner with a couple of people who I happen to know and I know that we can have these conversations and it's not going to destroy relationships, then fine. Maybe you have that conversation. But when you are in a group setting and you don't know the other people, I am telling you, especially in a work setting, you need to make sure that you are understanding and utilizing intellectual boundaries. OK, some of you, you're not you. you you've done some things before that didn't honor intellectual boundaries and now they're being held against you for the reason why you can't get the raise, for the reason why you can't get the promotion, for, for the reason you can't gain that new mentor. And so you need to understand intellectual boundaries, all right? And then lastly, the fourth one is time. Time or energy boundaries. Time boundaries are about how you use your time. This includes how much time you give to work, how much time you give to family, how much time you give to church, how much time you give to community activities, and how many times you give to others and yourself. If you watch the Blueprint series that I did with Apostle E.C. Maltby, one of the things we talked about is that you don't get to keep adding things to your plate if you're not taking things off of your plate. Okay, You have to have some boundaries. Some of you don't have the ability to say no to people. Every time somebody asks for a volunteer or they ask you to do something, you're the one saying yes. And there's nothing wrong with volunteering. There's nothing wrong with showing up and helping and giving of your time and energy and resources. But you have to ask your question. If you're going to give more time to that, what are you giving less time to? You know, one of the things that I was always really, really big on, um, probably at about halfway through my career, is I got really, really big on work-life balance. Because I was so out of balance. Everything was about work. Everything was about work, 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 putting in the hours, putting in the times, team grind, team get it done, work, work, work. And what I found out is that no matter how much I worked, there was always more work to do. And so I had to begin to ask myself, what was I neglecting? I was neglecting time with my family. Even though I was a bivocational pastor, I was working so hard, I ended up doing things at the last minute for the church sometimes. Uh, there were things that didn't get done that probably should have got done. Uh, my, my health uh, was taken on a toll because I didn't spend time exercising. I didn't spend time eating right. I didn't spend time taking care of myself, doing that self-care that's so necessary. And so as a result, things in my life got out of balance, right? And so you got to remember, you got to give yourself some time boundaries. 
Okay, you got to give yourself some time to rest and to relax. You got to give yourself some time to decompress. You got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your family. You, that's right, Tina. That's the question. What am I neglecting? What am I neglecting? Now, now, here's the thing. Let's engage a little bit today, okay? Let's engage a little bit. If you know right now when you heard that, you saw that, what am I neglecting, and you know there's something you're neglecting, go ahead and type it in the comment section. It's not to tell on yourself. It's just to say, here's an area I'm neglecting, and after today, I'm willing to make that change. I can tell you I was neglecting my health. Now, pe people have told me over the last several months that they didn't know it, but listen, I had got up to 267 pounds. I'm six foot three and a half, right? But I had got up to 267 pounds. Why? Because I was doing all of these other things, but I wasn't taking care of myself. Now, people will tell you, well, man, I never even know it. You, you, you didn't look like it. Well, I didn't look like it to you because you saw me with big clothes on. <laughs> right. But but I could look in the mirror every day and I could tell that, that, that my belly had done lap. What does that mean? It had done lapped over my belt buckle, right? I could tell that my arms was getting flabby. I could tell that I was out of breath sometimes. And so I was neglecting my health. And one of the things that, that my wife said to me that I thought was so funny, because she wasn't even talking to me about me, she was talking about people in general. And she was saying, you know, it's interesting that people will go out and buy a new car and they'll take care of that car. Even though if you don't take care of the car, you could go get you a new car. She said, and people will go out and they'll get a new house and they'll take care of the house. They'll do all the maintenance that needs to be done. They'll have their HVAC checked. They'll get their plumbing checked, their electricity checked. They'll put a new roof on the house. She said, but the reality of it is, even if the house fell in, you could go get you another house. She said, but people spend time neglecting their bodies. They neglect their bodies. And here's the thing. If you tear up your body, okay, once you tear up your body, you don't get another one. And the only way you get to be in this earth realm is that you have an earth suit that works. And so there are people who are dying way too young because they, they don't have this time boundary under concern. Amen. I see people saying my close family relationships. Got to, got to get that improved. Uh, Frank said his health. Uh, my personal life and my dog's training. See, there are all kinds of things that if we're not careful, um, we will neglect. We will neglect them. And so we have to make sure when we talk about setting healthy boundaries, we're doing it for ourselves, but also for other people. All right. So now let's talk about this next phase, the importance of boundaries. Setting boundaries is a fundamental aspect to fostering self-respect. Hear me. If you don't set boundaries and if you don't adhere to the boundaries that you set, you are not being respectful of yourself. And yes, I said it. Also, setting boundaries is fundamental to building self-esteem. Now, people laugh at me all the time when, they, when people ask me the question. They say, well, how can I build, build self-esteem? Or how can you help me build self-esteem? Nobody can help you build self-esteem. That's why they call it self-esteem. It has to be done from the inside. And when you have a boundary and you constantly allow people to cross that boundary or to reshape that boundary or push you over that boundary, it does something to you internally about how you feel about you. 
And that's the reason you feel bad about you. And when you feel bad about you, you allow things to be done to you that you normally wouldn't allow to be done to you if you felt good about you. Are y'all listening? Is this making any sense? So we have to set these boundaries because they're so important to our self-respect and to building self-esteem. And as I said earlier, to nurturing healthy relationships. I wish I could somehow get people to understand that it is better not to have a relationship with someone than to have a totally dysfunctional, toxic, and ill-effective relationship. But people desire relationships so bad, they'll take a bad relationship over no relationship at all. And that is damaging to your self-esteem. It is damaging to your self-respect. And it comes down to the fact that you won't set boundaries and hold people to those boundaries. So let's talk about this in terms of self-respect and self-esteem. By setting boundaries, what you're doing is you are affirming to yourself and to other people that your needs and your feelings are important. Somebody type that in the comment section. Say, my needs and my feelings are important. Listen, you might be at work right now. You may be doing something else, but you ought to take a moment and you ought to type that because that's need, that needs to get into your ear gate. It needs to get into your eye gate so it can get into your heart. My needs and my feelings are important. And I don't care that somebody told you in the past that, that, that that's, that's why when I talk to, to couples, I always tell couples, I do not like that saying about happy wife, happy life. I do not like that. I know what people are trying to say. I know it sounds good. I know people, I know women especially would love it, but that's just not true in a relationship. That's just not true. It's not happy wife, happy life. It's happy spouse, happy house. Why? Because both people need to be happy. Because I don't care what kind of man loves his wife and wants to serve his wife. Over time, if all of her needs are met and his isn't, he will become resentful. I am telling you what I, what I know. I don't care how sweet he is. I don't care how... how how beta he is, you know, well, well, he ain't an alpha male, whatever, he a beta male. No, none of that matters. Both people need their needs met. And if both people don't have their needs met, I am telling you, at some point, there's going to be an explosion, an eruption of the relationship. Because your needs matter and your spouse's needs matter. I say this all the time. Relationships must be reciprocal. Relationships must be reciprocal. I know I'm having you type a lot today, but you need to go ahead and type it because people will watch this on the replay and they'll need to see it with their eyes. But you ought to say that relationships should be reciprocal. I'm not saying they got to be tit for tat. I'm not saying it's got to be quid pro quo. I am telling you, though, that they should be reciprocal. If we are in relationship, I should benefit from being in relationship with you. And likewise, you should benefit from being in relationship to me. That is so important. Relationships must be reciprocal. When we talk about self-respect and self-esteem, 
And we talk about setting these boundaries and how they affirm for us and for other people that our needs and our feelings are important. It's a way of communicating that we value ourselves enough to prioritize our well-being. I started walking 100 miles a month in the month of October, okay? And when I first got ready to do it, I, I literally said to myself, I literally said out loud, I don't know if I have time to walk 3.2 miles a day. That's literally what I said. I don't know if I have time to walk 3.2 miles a day. And then something in the side, something on the inside of me said, you mean to tell me that you don't have 60 to 90 minutes out of 24 hours for yourself? That you can give four hours to this and two hours to that and three hours to this and another two for that and one for this. And you don't have 90 minutes to give to yourself. What are you saying about how you value yourself? And what I'm saying to you is that if you're one of those people who put something in the comment, or even if you didn't put something in the comment, but you knew I was talking to you when we were talking about those time boundaries, I'm asking you that question. What are you going to continue to neglect? What are you going to continue to neglect? What are you going to continue to give more credence to than the thing you say you know is important, but that you keep putting on the back burner? You keep putting on the shelf. See, when you begin to do things that value, that, that reinforce and say that you value yourself, it reinforces self-respect. It reinforces the building of your self-esteem. It establishes boundaries and it allows you to be, in, to, to be able uh, to take control of your life. That's what's happened to me. When I think about all the things that I have implemented since the month of October, I always had a thing to do list. I always had things that I know that needed to get done. But now I am literally prioritizing certain things in my life day by day. And I'm actually getting more done. Why? Because I'm thinking about what are my boundaries? What are the things I can get done? What are the things I'm willing to allow to interrupt my day? And what are things I'm not allowing to interrupt my day? Right. And so it's important about setting these boundaries. When you set boundary, it empowers you to make better choices about what you will and will not accept. Preventing feelings of helplessness or being taken advantage of when you set boundaries and then you are not consistent in holding people or yourself to those boundaries. You end up creating this internal feeling of helplessness. You feel like people are taking advantage of you. And one of the reasons you feel like people are taking advantage of you is not because they necessarily are trying to take advantage of you, but you so lack any fortitude when it comes to upholding to the boundary you said you said. You said you weren't going to allow your brother or your sister or your uncle or your auntie or your cousin or your mama or your daddy or somebody at church, you were not going to allow them to make their new emergency your emergency anymore because they refused to plan in advance. That's what you said. You said a lack of planning on their part does not constitute an emergency on mine. You quoted it. You said it. You put it on your screensaver. It's by your desk. You know it. But every time they have an emergency because they did not plan well, you allow their emergency to become your emergency. 
you lack emotional boundaries. And because you lack emotional boundaries, now you lack time boundaries. And then when you lack those time boundaries, now the feelings of guilt come in. And because you feel guilty, now you feel like you got to rescue them. And because you feel like you got to rescue them, you rescue them, but you feel like they took advantage of you, but they didn't take advantage of you. You took advantage of you because you did not hold to your emotional boundaries and you did not hold to your time boundaries and you did not demonstrate self-respect to yourself, to the uh, to your own boundaries. And now you feel bad about yourself, which only allows you to make those same series of bad decisions again and again, and again, and again. Is this making sense to you? Boundaries are important. Somebody put that in the comment section. Boundaries are important. Lastly, co clearly communicating and upholding your boundaries, it minimizes situations where you might feel used. That one that I just described there. They also minimize you feeling overburdened, right? Or disrespected. If you feel disrespected, a lot of times it's because you let people do something to you that you didn't want them to do. But why did you let them do that? And what happens is these feelings, as they come over and over again, they lessen your self-respect. And when you have low self-respect, you have low self-esteem. And when you don't esteem yourself highly, you will let people treat you any kind of way. See, when you start to do this, it will decrease the feelings of resentment and frustration. You won't be mad at your, at your brother or your sister or your auntie or your uncle or your cousin or your mama or your daddy or the folk at church. You won't be mad at them because even though they had an emergency and even though they called you and asked you to bail them out again, you will be able to say, I am sorry. But remember the last time we had a conversation and I told you that the only way I could help you would be under these parameters? What you're asking for falls outside of the lines of those parameters. And as a result, I neither have the time or the ability to help you at this point. I will pray for you and hope that you can find the resources that you need. But I am unable to do that. You may feel bad about it at first. But the more you do it, the more it will build up your self-esteem because you held true to your own boundaries. I know I'm talking right. Why, why is this important? Because it'll help with your relationships. Boundaries facilitate clear communication about what you expect in a relationship. This clarity in the relationship reduces misunderstanding in conflicts. One of the reasons I don't have Pastor laughs at me sometimes. I don't have a lot of conflicts in my relationships. Why? Because if you do something across a boundary for me, even though I'm sitting there saying I can't say something, I'd be like, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to not say it. Bam, it'll come out. Why? My self-esteem is too high not to say something about how I feel like you've disrespected me in some way when I communicate that you can't do that to me. Now, I know that people got different personalities, and that's fine. Some people are more apt to say something a lot faster. Some people are apt to say things slower. But if you're one of those people who don't ever say anything, and you just keep allowing your boundaries to be reshifted and to be pushed back and to be changed because of somebody else, you are going to begin to resent them and yourself, and you are not going to like that relationship. When both parties understand and respect each other's boundaries, it fosters a sense of mutual respect and it leads to more harmonious 
interactions. It demonstrates that both people, they, their needs and their feelings are being acknowledged and considered. And that is one of the important aspects of any relationship, that your needs and that your feelings is being acknowledged. I tell couples all the time, if you can do that in a relationship, you can fix all the other stuff. If you can learn to acknowledge the other person's needs and feelings and actually respect them. And if two people can do that, they can work through almost anything else. Healthy boundaries ensure that no one person in the relationship consistently dominates or submits, leading to a more equal and respectful dynamic. I get a chance to cancel couples all the time. I cancel couples all the time. And in getting a chance to cancel couples, one of the things I often find is that one of the parties has been dominating the relationship for a long time. Sometimes it's the man, sometimes it's the woman. But one of those parties, more than the other, has been dominating that relationship. And in doing so, the other person just kept kind of pushing themselves down to, to keep the peace, to, to get along, to, to get along, to just kind of let the other person, you know, that's who they are. And, and before you know it, it may be five years, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, some 35 years. At some point, that person who's been allowing themselves to be what I call bullied in the relationship, they get tired of being bullied. And then the other person who's been doing the bullying, they don't understand what happened. They're like, what do you mean you want a divorce? What do you mean you want to move out? What do you mean you don't want to be friends anymore? What do you mean you, 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 you blocked me? You don't want to talk to me anymore. What, what happened? They don't understand why the person who has been bullied is now responding this way because you said you had a boundary 10 years ago, but I've been pushing that boundary for 10 years and you never, you never did anything about it. And so we have to make sure that we understand setting these boundaries is important for, the, for us to have good relationships and also for the other people, all right? Now, let's talk about some of the challenges that come when you decide to set these boundaries. Because if you are a person who has been allowing people to push those boundaries, and now you say, you know what? I'm fixing to start setting some more boundaries. You are going to receive some pushback for some people, okay? Understand this. When you make the decision, to start setting some boundaries, there are some natural feelings that's going to raise their ugly head. You're going to start to have some feelings of guilt, some feelings of fear, and you're going to have people who are going to want to push back against you. But overcoming these challenges will be key to successfully maintaining healthy boundaries. The first thing you're going to have to do is recognize the source of these feelings. You have to understand that guilt often comes from a desire to please other people. Did you hear me? The reason you're going to feel guilty is because you're going to have this overwhelming desire really to please other people more than you please you. That's where it's going to come from when you start to set these boundaries. It is because uh, other people or sometimes you have formed these internalized beliefs about what you should do, about what you should do. Okay. And because other people will say, well, 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 you make more money than everybody else in the family. You should be the one helping everybody out. And, and, and if you've been saying, you know what, I got to I, I got to stop using my money. And I'm just using that as an example. I got to stop using my money to pay Ray Ray's bills because Ray Ray refused to go to work because he talking about he don't want nobody telling him what to do. 
He Ray Ray don't want to have a boss. And because Ray Ray don't want a boss, Ray Ray ain't worked in six months. And now Ray Ray house about to get repossessed. And now Big Mama asking me to use my resources that I get from going to work every day to help Ray Ray and his baby mama and three kids uh, not get put out of their house. You're going to feel guilty when Big Mama asks you, can you help? Because maybe you actually have the money to help. But just having the money to help doesn't mean you should. And I'm talking better than somebody out there saying amen. And so you're going to feel these feelings of guilt and maybe even fear of what the family going to say about me if I don't help Ray Ray. What is the family going to say? What's the family going to do? And those things are going to rise up and the family's going to say, you, you, you know, the, you know, you got the means to help. You being selfish. You went on vacation. You bought some new shoes. You bought that new purse. You bought that new that new PS5 or, or, or whatever else you work for that you now bought with your money that you work for. They're going to give you pushback and you're going to have to learn how to overcome that. Here's how you do it. You got to recognize and be able to separate these feelings from reality of what is true. The reality of what is true is that yes, you have resources. The other reality is that Ray Ray could have resources. The other reality is that you are not required to spend your resources on Ray Ray, unless God told you to spend your money on Ray Ray, but you are not obligated to do so. And that's the first thing that you have to come into agreement with. To do this, you have to remind yourself that you have the right, hear me, you have the right to prioritize your well-being and that setting boundaries is a healthy and necessary part of your own self-care. If setting boundaries is new for you, then you're going to have to work through these feelings of guilt and fear. Is this making sense to anybody out there? Is this making sense to you? Because you're going to have to learn to do this or, or, or 2024 is going to be just like 2023. Nothing is going to change. And then you got to learn how to handle the fear of rejection and you got to learn how to handle the push, the pushback. You have to understand that if someone reacts negatively to your boundaries, hear me when I say this, it is more about their issue and less about your worth or the appropriateness of your boundaries. Now, again, I'm not talking about setting inappropriate boundaries, but it is OK for me to prioritize my own well-being. It is okay for me. I tell people in my church and people who have worked in my church will tell you this. When it comes to people volunteering in my church, I never want them volunteering so much at church that they're neglecting their house. I don't want a woman volunteering at church so much that she's neglecting her spouse or her kids. And I don't want a man volunteering so much at church that he's neglecting his spouse uh, or his kids. You ought to be taking care of home. But I believe that there is a way to do them both if you understand the necessity of setting balance in your boundaries. So if somebody, you got to recognize that fear of rejection or conflict, it's just natural, but you can't let it control your actions. You got to prepare and then practice how to assert your boundaries. This builds confidence and it reduces anxiety in potential conflicts. You got to understand that if someone responds negatively to my boundary, it's not about me. It's about them. I never get mad if someone says, well, pastor, I can't volunteer this weekend because I got to go to my kid's soccer game. I get that. That's important. 
We'll find somebody else who can do it. We'll find somebody else who can do it or it won't get done. But I'm not asking you to jeopardize that time boundary in order to do something that I need done. And anybody who would ask you to jeopardize your physical boundaries, your emotional boundaries, your intellectual boundaries, or your time boundaries, they're asking you to violate something that's dear to you. And you have to ask yourself, do I want to be in a relationship with someone who would consistently ask me to violate those own boundaries? Okay? Be consistent. Here is the key. People are always going to test boundaries. They're going to always test boundaries. It's your job to be consistent. It's like being a parent, right? You tell your kid, you got to go to bed at eight o'clock. At 7.50, your child more than likely is probably going to think of another hundred things that they want to get done. Anybody else ever had a kid do that? If you're a parent and you had a kid who you knew that every time it was time for their bedtime, they was going to come up with something new that they need to get done in order to stay up longer, put a three in the comment section. Just go ahead and put a three in the comment section. If you had a kid who did that, kids aren't much different than adults. Adults will push your boundaries. They want to see how much they can get away with. They want to see how far they can go. They want to see what, what, it, what it is that they can do that would allow them to be able to push that boundary, right? They want to push that boundary. And the reason they want to push that boundary is because they want to know, is this a real boundary or not? Okay? Now, once they know that it's a real boundary, people are more apt to respect that boundary, okay? So, so what do you have to do when people start to push back on your boundaries? Number one, you got to stay calm. OK, you can't trip because people are people. <laughs> you, you can't trip because people are people. People are going to people. It's just going to happen. I, I'm a person. I know I've pushed boundaries. How do I know? My wife has told me I push our boundaries. OK, <laughs> people push boundaries. Everybody does. I don't care how sweet and tender you think you are. You have pushed someone's boundaries. OK, and because you've pushed boundaries, it's just part of human nature. So what do I have to do when, when someone pushes my boundary? I have to stay calm, but I can also be assertive in being calm. If someone challenges your boundaries, just respond calmly and assertively. Avoid getting defensive or aggressive. It's your boundary. You don't have to be offensive because somebody trespassed on that boundary. All you got to do is respond appropriately. That's why you have to plan for the violation before it happens. That way you don't get caught off guard. Having a plan can make you feel more prepared and less anxious. When you're anxious, that's when you respond aggressively. When you're anxious, that's when you over-respond. That's when you get defensive. And so you just have to learn that, hey, people are going to push boundaries, even my good friends. And when they push a boundary, it's up to me to let them know that the boundary has been crossed in a calm but yet assertive way. And then what happens is with time and practice, it becomes easier to maintain those boundaries without feeling guilty or fearful. Most people, they allow those boundaries to be pushed back up on them or to just totally be ignored because they feel like if I stand up and say that I didn't like the way someone did something, then those people aren't going to like me or they're going to think I'm, I'm mean, or they're going to think that I'm rude, or, that, or they're, not going to, they're not going to let me be in their circle anymore. And as I told you before, I believe that it is healthier for you not to have a particular relationship 
than to have a relationship where your boundaries are constantly being ignored because it is going to eat away and erode at your self-esteem and your self-respect, okay? So you got to get used to this. You got to get used to this. Somebody type in the comments, say, I, say, say, I'm okay with the pushback. Just type that in the comment section. Let yourself know it. Say it out loud. Type it. Let your ear gate hear it. Let your eye gate hear it. Just say it. Say, I'm okay with the pushback because you're going to get some when you start to set boundaries. I say this all the time. Any monster that you built is the monster you're going to have to train. Okay? So if you got someone in your life, parents, so many parents do it with their kids. You let your kids do something at five years old and you don't correct it when they're 10. And now they're doing it at 15 and you didn't correct it. And now they're 25 years old. And that same disrespectful, ungrateful behavior that they had at five years old, they're now displaying it at 25. When at five years old, you kind of shucked it off. At 10 years old, you saw this kind of annoying. At 15, you just couldn't wait till they get out the house. But now they're 25 and they're still acting the same way, but they're needing your assistance to get something done that an adult should be doing. And now you're irritated and you don't even like your kids anymore. Why? Because you trained that monster to be that way. Now you're going to have to retrain that monster. Is that making sense? you're going to have to reestablish those boundaries. And when you start to reestablish those boundaries, people aren't going to like that you are basically holding them accountable. They're like, no, 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 no. You've told me 10 times before you weren't going to help me anymore. What do you mean this is the last time for real? You said it was last time six times ago and you still helped me. But now you're saying it. And now you're realizing I'm not going to give in to the guilt. I'm not going to give in to the fear. I'm not going to be worried about whether they think they like me or not. I need to take care of myself. I'm setting these boundaries so I can reestablish a more healthy relationship between me and the other party. And, and it may be tough. And, I, and I'm not responsible for how somebody else feels about my boundaries. Woo, somebody ought to hear that. I am not responsible for how somebody else feels, right, about my boundaries. You might not like it. You might think they're shallow. You might think they're unnecessary. You might think it don't take all that, but nobody gets to determine whether a boundary is right for me. It's my boundary. You can either agree to respect it and we can have relationship, or you can call it every name under the sun that you want to. And then if you violate it, we won't have relationship. It's as simple as that. So here's the question then. How do I actually set the boundary? How do I set the boundary? Number one, you have to identify what your limits are. As I said earlier, everybody is different. Everybody on this, this live podcast right now is different. The thousands of people who will listen to it between now and next Tuesday, they're different. The people who will listen to this some random place a year from now, they are different. So you have to identify what are your limits. And it's okay that your limits are your limits. It is okay. It is okay that your limits are your limits. So what are you going to have to do? One of the first things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to reflect on some past experiences and start to identify what makes you feel uncomfortable. What makes you feel stressed? What makes you feel disrespected? 
And then consider those, those four things we talked about. Is this a physical thing? Is it a physical boundary I need to implement? Is it an emotional boundary? Is it an intellectual boundary? You know, is, 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 it, is it time bound? Uh, I had a, a, a person recently, I was telling my wife about it. Uh, we were having a conversation. Didn't know the, per I had just met the person. Like when I say just met, had just seen them for the first time ever. And someone called me Pastor Strickland as we were talking. And the person turns around and says, oh, you're a pastor. And I said, yeah, I am. I don't, I don't go around introducing myself as Pastor Strickland. You ask me my name, I say my name is Edwin Strickland. And he was like, oh, I didn't know you was a pastor. I was like, yeah. He said, well, you know, he said, it's interesting. Now, I just met the guy. We're in a group setting with a bunch of other people. He says, you know, he says, I believe in Christian principle, but I don't believe in the divinity of Christ. He says, what do you think about that? I said, I think you have the right to think what you want. We're at a banquet. I'm not about to have a theological discussion about whether you believe that Christ's divinity is legitimate or not. You are free to believe what you believe. I am free to believe what I believe. He kept wanting to have the conversation. And I said to him, listen, if you would like to talk about anything else, I'm more than happy to do so. But if you insist on continuing to have this conversation, I can move or you can move. But we won't have this conversation here. Now, he didn't speak to me the rest of the night, and that's okay. That's his choice. But I have the right not to have a boundary that I have set, an intellectual boundary. I don't have theological conversations with a person I've never met at a banquet. <laughs> it's my boundary. It's my boundary. And, and, and you have to learn to be okay with that. And a lot of people aren't okay with someone, quote unquote, not liking you. Newsflash, everybody doesn't like you. <laughs> Even if you think they do, they don't. Everybody doesn't like you and that's okay. But you can be respectful of people and you can be honorable to people and still have your own boundaries. So the first thing you gotta do is identify what your limits are. Here's the second thing you need to do. You need to acknowledge your feelings, okay? Acknowledge your feelings. Pay attention to your feelings in different situations. If you if something happens and it pulls up a feeling of resentment, it pulls up a feeling of discomfort or anxiety, it may be a sign that you need a boundary. That you need a boundary. You know, one of, one of, one of my boundaries, and I don't care who I'm with, I don't care whether I'm in a, a context of, 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 of friends who are saved or unsaved, I don't let people use the B word around me to refer to women. I just don't. It's my boundary. Now, you're free to do it, but you're not free to do it in my presence, even if that means I have to remove myself from the situation, because it's not always that those people are going to remove themselves. Sometimes I have to say as much as I would enjoy being here, if you're going to be here and you're going to use that language and refer to women in that way, I can't be here. That's my boundary. Peace. Oh, man, you just being a, a square. You just being a, a, a this. You just being a that. I am being respectful to myself. And I understand that that's difficult for you because you don't always encounter people who are respectful of themselves and set their boundaries and are consistent. That's a problem you have to deal with. But for me, I'm making this decision. Is this making sense to you? I'm not talking about using boundaries to control people. I'm not talking about using boundaries to be rude. I am talking about you learning how to take care of yourself by doing what is right and setting boundaries and being consistent. So you got to identify your limits. You got to acknowledge your feelings. And then number three, you got to prioritize your needs. 
It is okay to prioritize your own needs. You got to recognize that your needs are just as valid as other people, and they are just as important. You got to determine what you need for your own well-being and what you can tolerate. I think so many times people put down their own needs. They put down what's important to them because what they're trying to do is to be altruistic. They're trying to uh, be uh, what everybody else's needs. They want to take care of other people's needs first. And there's nothing wrong with serving. Don't get the two mixed up. I love to serve other people. I love to serve. If we're in a group setting, I want to make sure that everybody needs to eat even before I eat. I struggle sometimes with people saying, Pastor Edwin, sit down. We got it. We got it. I realize that I have to let people serve me because because I know that they benefit from it just as I benefit from serving them. So I do it. But I always want to serve other people. Right. But at the same time, I will never neglect my personal needs in order to make everybody else happy while I'm miserable. I love Sean Strickland. I do. I do. We was laughing Sunday in church when she was saying that I want to give her all my money. I do. I ain't got no problem. Call me a simp. Call me what you want to. I got 29 years in the game. I have seen what she has put up with. I want to give her everything I got, but I still am going to take care of my own personal needs. I am going to make sure that I am happy. Happiness is an inside job. And in order for me to be happy, there are some boundaries I have to set even for her. And if she crosses those boundaries, as much as I love her, I have to say, that's a boundary. I have to take care of this first. But because she loves and she honors me, she knows what those boundaries are because we've communicated. And if she happens to cross it and I say, hey, that's a boundary. I can't do that right now. I can't go there right now. I've got to do this right now. She respects it. That's why the relationship is so healthy. Because we've learned to respect each other's boundaries. Okay? How do you express your boundaries assertively but respectfully? Because that's what a lot of people need to know. That's what a lot of people run into. Here's what you need to do. Learn to use I statements. Use I statements. Start your sentences with things like I, okay? And then focus on your feelings and, and needs rather than blaming or accusing, okay? Uh, here's what it may sound like. Here's an example. I feel overwhelmed when I work late continuously. That's a conversation you could have with your boss. Not, you know, y'all y'all make me sick every time y'all ask me to stay late. No, 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 no. You can say something like, I feel overwhelmed, okay? When I am asked to work late continuously and I need to balance my work and my personal life. That's a, that's a good I statement. It's respectful and it's assertive. Um, uh, 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 you want to be direct and specific, right? You want to clearly state what your boundary is. You want to avoid uh, vague statements. For instance, you want to say something like, I need to have my weekends free from work-related calls and emails. It's, I'm, I'm using that because that's what I had to say. I used to work, 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 work. And I worked so much, I trained people that they could even call me on the weekend. And that if you call me on the weekend, I'd be available. If you call me on vacation, I leave the beach and run and get my computer and I answer the question need to be answered on the email. Or I jump on a Zoom call. I trained that monster. So I had to retrain that monster. And so I retrained that monster using I statements. I said things just like that. Look, I feel overwhelmed when I have to work late continuously. I need to have my I, I need to have my weekends 
free from work-related uh, calls and emails. I'm gone all week long. My family's back in Arkansas. I'm in some other state around the country doing consulting work. When I get home on Friday, I, I don't need to have an email or a call until eight o'clock on Monday morning, okay? I, I, that's, that's what I need. That's my boundary. And over time, people were still calling email and I just wouldn't respond. I just wouldn't respond. And over time, they saw that I was serious because I was consistent. Okay. You may offer a reason why, but that's always optional. It's always optional because you are not obligated to justify your boundary. Now, it may help in providing a reason so that other people can understand your perspective. So I said to some of my colleagues, here is the reason. I have a wife at home. And at the time, my wife is at home with five kids who are all in school. All those kids have different activities. She is constantly running to and fro. And we've got other people helping her in order to make sure that those five kids have what they need. My kids sacrificed me being gone. And my wife sacrificed me being gone Monday through Friday. So when I get home on Friday night, it is all their time. It is no work time. And I need you to understand that even if you don't have kids and even if that's not your relationship. Now, whether they got it or not, I don't know, because at first they still were call. But over time, they understood. And when I went to the next job, I was clear up front about what those boundaries are. And anytime they got violated, I mentioned why they should not be violated. And then eventually it just totally stopped happening. Why? Because when you be assertive and you be respectful and you're consistent, then you train people in what they're supposed to do. Is this making sense to anybody today? All right, we're about to finish up. So here's the thing you got to do. How do you deal with boundary violators? <laughs> How do you deal with boundary violators? Because there are going to be boundary violators right? Consistency is the key. You have to know, as I've said so many times in this podcast, that it is natural for people to test boundaries. But maintaining your consistency is key to showing that you're serious about your limits. Consistency is key. Somebody type that in the comment section. Say consistency is key. Consistency is key to you maintaining the, the fortitude to help others understand you are serious. Let me help you. Some of y'all grew up, I'm 50, I'm almost 52. Praise God. I'm almost 52 years old. I was born in 1972. And as a result, of being born in 1972, I grew up in an area, in a, not, a, not just an area, but an era, right? Where parents didn't tell you something no four or five times. Some parents didn't tell you but once, but they weren't finna, they weren't finna talk to you no two, three, four times about the same thing over and over again. Is there any witnesses out there? Any, anybody know that you had some parents who did not tell you no three times to clean that room. They didn't ask you no, no three, four, five times to wash the dishes. They didn't remind you that, that cleaning the kitchen involved also the counters and sweeping the floor. 
Uh, they didn't remind you that on Saturday mornings you got up early and cleaned that house before you kick that door around there and play with your friends. Uh, they, 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 didn't, they, they didn't play about telling you something. That when they told you something, the expectation was that it was done. We got a whole bunch of folk who grew up with parents who wasn't like that. <laughs> and because the parents nowadays, to some degree, a lot more than I think our parents were. I sound like the old man who said, get off my lawn. I understand. But, but our parents did not tell us something two, three, four, five times. In fact, if you didn't do it the first or second time, more than likely, you felt the consequence. And I ain't, I mean, you you really felt it. <laughs> it was a belt. It was a switch. It was a pop. It was something on your physical body to say, hey, you have violated a boundary I set for you. They may not have said it like that, but that's what it was. I told you to wash them dishes and you went in there and laid down and went to sleep. Pop. Pop. You got pop. Why? Because you violated that boundary. What did it teach you? It taught you that no matter how sleepy you were, <laughs> God, that you cleaned them dishes before you went in there and let them eyelids close. Why? Because you knew your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your grandpa wasn't playing with you. That they said what they said and they meant what they said. But nowadays, people... People push boundaries and they recognize, oh, they wasn't serious about that. We say things to our kids like, if you do that again, I ain't, I ain't letting you go to the game. Well, you tell them that on Tuesday. But on Friday, mama, can I go to the game? Daddy, can I go to the game? Yeah, go on. Oh, yeah, go on, go to the game. What are you reinforcing? That your boundaries aren't, cons that aren't real because you're not consistent with them. So how are you going to deal with these boundary violators in your life? The same way our parents used to deal with us. I'm not saying you pop someone, but there has to be a consequence. There has to be a consequence. You have to say things like, if my work hours, I'm going back to my example. If my work hours continue to be disregarded, I am going to need to reconsider my total availability. That's what I told my team when I was working. Before my wife retired, me, praise God. That's what I told him. If you continue to disregard the boundary I have said that when I get home on Friday, I am not, you, you're free to send the email. You are free to even call. But I am not responding to work calls or work emails into 8 a.m. Central Standard Time on Monday. If I decide to do it on Sunday, that's my prerogative but I will not respond until 8 a.m. on Monday morning. And if you continue to disregard that, I will have to reconsider my total availability to you. Now, people say, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, what? All I'm doing is teaching them this is what is acceptable. And do you know what happened? I quit getting calls. I quit getting emails. They wouldn't eat. They, I would have people say on Monday. At, now, at 7.55, 8.05, I get bombarded with emails <laughs> because I think they used to type the email and set it to go out at 8 o'clock. Why? Because they understood that was the boundary. And that was fine. 
They were okay to type the email over the weekend. They were okay to call and leave a message. Sometimes they would call and say, they would say, Dr. Strickland, uh, I got X, Y, Z happening. This is what's going to take place. I know you're not going to check the voicemail, but if you do and you respond, that's fine. But if not, I won't expect to hear it to you until Monday morning. Click. They're free to do that. Not a problem. Because my work phone was turned off and in my top drawer at home. And, and I picked it up sometimes on Sunday if I wanted to, but I wasn't obligated to. And I train people how to respect those boundaries. And you can too. But you have to respond. You have to respond. You can't just let them push the boundary. You have to learn to respond immediately. Really, if someone crosses a boundary, address it right away. Don't let them do it 15 times and then you blow up on them. I'm so sick of y'all. I done told y'all a hundred times. The next person called me, I'm going to cuss them out. No, 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 no. No, no, no. See, now you're overreacting. Now you're being super aggressive. Now you're being unreasonable. Address it the first time it happens. And address it in a calm and clear manner. But respond immediately. Address it right away. And then if the boundary is repeatedly crossed, you have to communicate to them the extent of the next circumstance. You have to tell people, if you got friendships and they keep violating the friendship, they keep violating your confidentiality, they keep doing things that people wouldn't do in friendships, you have to say this sometimes to people, listen, man, this is your last time. I really want us to be friends, but if this is how you're going to operate and you do this again, I want you to know up front, we're done. And I'm going to tell you, and when you do it, I'm going to tell you that you did it. I'm going to tell you what you did, and I'm going to tell you that we're done. And I'm telling you, we're done. And when it happens, you can't be like, oh, I should have gave him another chance. No, we're done. When we are done, we are done. We can be cordial, but the relationship as it's known is done. If you respected it enough to keep it, you wouldn't have done it. Because I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you one time, I ain't just going to throw you away. I'm going to communicate. But the problem is some people don't communicate and you just let it happen 15 times and you blow up and you throw them away. All right. So I'm finishing with this. Remember, setting boundaries is not selfish. Somebody type this in the comment section so we can get out of here. Say setting boundaries is not selfish. Come on. And while you're doing that, we're finishing up. I, I, I'm going to stay on here. If you got some questions today, I'm allowing uh, for you guys to do some Q&A today. If you got a couple questions, I'm going to try to answer some of them. Um, but if you got questions, go ahead and uh, you can start to formulate those or put those in the comment section. But that's it on setting healthy boundaries. Okay. Setting healthy boundaries is not selfish. I love it. That's right, Sheila. It's not. It is not selfish to set a boundary that is good for your well-being. But at the same time, I tell people, you want people to respect your boundaries, you got to respect theirs. It cannot be a one-way one street. That's right, Tracy. Setting healthy boundaries is not selfish. I like that, Kim. It's not. It's not. And, and you might have to go look in the mirror. That's right, Mr. Ayers. You might have to go look. You might have to go look in the mirror and just say, Edwin or Tracy or Sheila or Kim, it is okay for me to have a boundary. I am not selfish for setting a healthy boundary. And I have the right. I have the right 
to communicate with someone when they violate that boundary. Even if it's my kids, even if it's my best friend. I tell people, if I, I people who call me pastor, right? If I'm your pastor, but I violate your boundary, you got a right to say, Pastor, that's a, that you, you violated a boundary. Okay, I can respect that. I respect it so much that if you if if I tell you that you did something was wrong and God wasn't pleased, and you say, Well, that's the boundary you crossed, I won't tell you no more. I respect you enough not to tell you. I'll let you live how you want to live. That's why I say that accountability for me, you have to be, you have to want that accountability. You have to say, it's not a boundary to hold me accountable, Pastor. Okay, well, then I hold you accountable. But once you get tired of me holding you accountable and you say your boundary is not to hold you accountable, I respect your boundary. But you don't then get to come to me with all your problems. Because part of my boundary is if I can't hold you accountable, you don't get to steal my time. It's a time boundary for me. <laughs> it's just making sense to you. All right, I'm closing my computer. Do you guys have any questions? I'll look in the comment section. I think my wife is in the studio. If I miss a question, uh, she can pop it up there. Uh, I'm going back through. I don't always look at all these when I'm when I'm teaching. Yeah, sometimes you got to tell folks, this is your last time. This is your last time. This is your first show last time. Yeah, I like that. Sheila's talking about, we, we talked about this. She says, this makes me think of the moms that can't go use the bathroom because the taller wants to cling to them all the time. And what happens is you, you, you don't want to hear them cry and you don't want to hear them yell and scream. So you end up just taking them to the bathroom. No, you got to train them. Even as your mother, I have a right to go to the bathroom by myself. You don't get, you don't get to dominate you don't get to dominate all of that time. Let me take this banner off if you're gonna come in here. No, I came to ask a question. Okay, hold on. There you go. Yep. Okay, so here's my question. My question is you talked about how you can feel guilt, right? Yep. Um, so for the people who feel guilt, does the guilt, do you think the guilt minimizes over time or do people just get used to acknowledging that they feel the guilt and going forward? Both. It's both. You, you, the, the first few times you do it, the guilt's gonna feel immense. Okay, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna feel um, weighty. It's gonna feel very weighty because you have been so programmed in your thinking and in your mind, even if you don't realize it subconsciously, that you want the other people to like you, to be happy. You don't want to hurt their feelings. But the more you do it. You build up the, the, the other muscle that says, I don't have to feel guilty. And the more times you build up the muscle that says, I don't have to feel guilty, you don't feel guilty. And so over time, that feeling of guilt that used to would cripple you from doing it, it becomes less and you're able to do it even quicker. But you got to do it. It's like running. It's like if you decide you wanted to go jog, right? The first time you go jog, it's going to feel it's going to be hard. You may not, you may, you may not even be able to make it a block, but if you keep jogging, what happens? It, you may still be tired when you jog, but you get to jog further and further and further and further. 
you have to deal with the guilt. The guilt comes, you have to, again, I said it earlier, you got to identify where this source comes from. Why do you even feel guilty? Why do you feel guilty about doing something that's good for you? That's the question you have to ask. Because most times, 95% of the time, you feel guilty about it because you have been so used to being concerned about other people's feelings. But your feelings are important too. Hmm. Yep, I think, I mean, that's, that's what I've learned. Do you actually, um, do you ever feel guilty when establishing a boundary? No. <laughs> I do not. And here's why. Because I respect the fact that other people can establish theirs. And if other people have the right to establish a boundary, why would I consider myself to be less? I think that's wonderful. That's my only question. I also just came in here to say, join us tonight yep. for our last Relationships 101. In We're fact, gonna be let me go to back to my banner and I'll put it up right there. We're going to be talking about... Oh, nope, 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 oh, I was going to say, that's, that's not it. Right? Uh, it's right here. I saw the word relationship. It is right here. Join us tonight. We're going to be talking about the ways to... 10, 10 ways to de-stress your holidays. It's going to fit perfectly with what you're talking about tonight, and we would love to see you all. I'm leaving the studio. Thanks for letting me come ask a question. No problem. Have a good one. All right, bye. So once again, I appreciate you guys for being here. Thank you. Listen, if you think this broadcast was helpful, I'm asking you to share it. I'm asking you to make sure you like it before you get off of here. Hit the love button. Hit the uh, thumbs up blue button. Hit the, the care button. And then once again, there are multiple ways in which you can connect with me. You can connect with me by going to www.pastorstrick.com. Uh, and if you do that, uh, you can go directly to my YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button and be a part. Or if you listen to me on uh, one of the other podcasts, then you can just simply go to PastorStrickPodcast.com uh, and choose from any of those platforms. The thing I want you to do, I really, really want you to do is to go to Facebook.com slash Ed Talk with Pastor Strick, and I want you to follow me on Facebook. That is where I interact the most. It is where you and I uh, can talk during the week. I'll put up different scenarios, different questions, the things that people have, and we can just talk back and forth through that. Uh, I spend most of my time on social media in Facebook as opposed to Instagram or TikTok or, or, or YouTube. So I'm asking you to go and follow. Over 500 people have since last Monday, and I am so thankful about it. And so make sure you connect with me. I believe we're going to be right back here next week with the Blueprint series, Lessons from Impactful Leaders. We've got a couple more leaders that I've got lined up that we'll be talking to, uh, and I look forward to joining you. Set your calendars. Set your calendars. Join me every Tuesday at 12 noon. I usually only go about an hour, uh, but this took a little more time. I, I, got, I got happy teaching it, so I stayed a little longer, but I appreciate those who stayed. God bless you all, and I will see you hopefully tonight, right? Because you're going to come back and join us at 7 o'clock, Pastor Sean, as we do Relationships 101, and we talk about 10 ways to de-stress your holidays. All right. God bless you. Love you guys. Take care. Do the things that God has told you to do and be obedient in every situation. All right. God bless. Have a great time.